This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Morena, no mai kiti korero. Welcome to the catch up on Manawatu People's Radio. Tereo Irarangi Onatangata o Manawatu. Uh, Thursday morning, we turn our attention to councils. Uh, this morning, we're looking at Palmerston North City Council and uh, a familiar face, but one that hasn't been in this studio for quite a while. We're delighted. Yeah, yeah, Lou Finlay, yeah. Councillor Lou Finlay. Good morning to you. Kiora, how are you this morning? Not too bad at all. It has been, uh, yeah, at least a year since you've been in Could here. Could be, but we're so blessed to be here, you know. Yeah, it's so busy in Palmerston North. Mm. So much to do. Oh, yes. Uh, well, let's talk about what you and your uh, 15 cohorts have been up to in the in the council chambers. Spending money. Yes. Um, and people always have opinions about how the money is they being do, spent. They yes. do, um, And uh, the big news this year was, well, and last year, was the whole Nature Calls um, con consultation with the community, how are yep. we going to handle our wastewater. Decisions have been made on that involving a fairly hefty price ticket um, and of course mm. the government running alongside of this with three waters it's been a bit of a confusing time for some councils and for some ratepayers to unpack this. <laughs> it's very hard with our uh, wastewater we're looking at oh, you know three, four maybe five hundred million dollars you know that's hundred million mm, that's mm. a lot of money and we have to do it because our uh, right to, to go to the river is over and done. So we have to find something different. And we've gone to, a, which I, th I supported, a system where it goes to the river with a lot of money spent on uh, refining the water. Mm -hmm. It's literally drinkable. And when the uh, river is low, so the periphyton don't get affected because of the phosphate, uh, we'll go to land. And that's about the best we could come up with. Mm. It's a, a vast expanse of land required, though, isn't it? It is. Now, if we'd gone to, to land only, it would have been a whole Manawatu just about. Mm. <laughs> it's ridiculous, you know. And I, I said it, and I still say, I am not going to vote for putting Class 1 and 2 soil into sewage. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where we grow our vegetables, we grow our food, and we've got to look and think about the future, you know. In uh, 50, 100 years, class one and two soil are going to be so valuable, yeah. you know, and for us to turn it into sewage, my disposal would be absolutely criminal. So the, 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 the vote for continuing to discharge, albeit highly treated water into the river, yeah. uh, it wasn't a unanimous vote. There were some uh, oh, councillors around yep. the table. Um, basically noting sort of a lack of ambition, a lack of aspiration to be to do it the best possible way? Well, we have to have a starting point. Now, <clears throat> and this is, I'll, I'll just turn it, change the subject slightly here. And this is what councils are very good at. Councils are the best procrastinators on earth. Now, when I first got elected as the ward chair in the Papier Award in the mid 90s, we went to council and we said the Papier Flats need to be upgraded. They are unlivable. And that was about 96, 97. Last year we completed them. Yes. 
Does that tell you how what councils are? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, if we procrastinate over something like sewerage, can you imagine the damage it would do long term? Well, look at Wellington. Yeah, let's get it done. Wellington's a perfect example. It's coming up in the middle of the main street. Yep. Now, let's just make sure we've got, for the next 20 years, something in place mm-hmm. so that the next generation can, well, they can look at it then. But at the moment, we have to do something now. Are you, would you be happy with the government taking this brand new wastewater treatment plant off the council's hands? Six of one, half a dozen of the other. Really? Yep. I'm totally in a, on a fence on it. Um, it. It would save us millions of dollars. Well, let's be honest. For but us, you wouldn't be getting the same rates from ratepayers. No, no, we wouldn't need it because we wouldn't be doing the sewerage. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be doing water sewerage and everything else. So the rates would go down, but there would be a water bill as well, mm. <clears throat> a bit like there is in Auckland. Um, so I'm really honestly a six and one half as the other, and I'm not the because I've had nothing to convince me either way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the one thing that does um, probably um, stick in my mind more than anything else, we've got a three to five hundred million dollar bill. Yeah, how on earth are we going to pay it? Yeah, so the government are going to have to help us out in one way or the other. Do you empathise with, uh, I think it was Timaru Council and uh, MDC as well, calling for the resignation of the leadership of LGNZ? Do you empathise with that? Oh, no comment on that. Regardless, it's going ahead in in the news at the moment. Uh, we'll just have to watch this space. Nanaima mm. Huta not being drawn really on the, the, the ability to opt out of three waters. Well, she's also hinting in the sidelines about uh, uh, a revamping of uh, local bodies mm-hmm. and doing another uh, 89. And uh, she's hint- basically saying, well, you can say no if you like, but I'll just change you around. Mm. It's, no. is, is it a case, do you think, that uh, there is a wider reform here where the, the, the traditional role of councils making sure the, the – pavements are, are maintained, the sewage yep. is maintained, that's all going to be taken away and you're going to be looking at well-beings, which is a, a big Labour Party well, that's thing. Labour Party thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the well-beings are, the, uh, are, are good. But you've got to remember local bodies are rats, uh, water, roads, footpaths mm. and parks. That's, that's the basics. Now, it doesn't matter what you do. You're not going to have central government looking after your parks. You're not going to have central government looking after your footpaths. Mm-hmm. You know, we all going to Auckland if they were. So it doesn't matter what happens, local bodies are still going to be in place. Yeah. Um, your role in council, uh, an advocate, if you want a portfolio holder, making sure that the city is age-friendly. Yep. Um, my baby. And <coughs> with the greatest of respect, you, I, I often sort of joke whenever I see an yeah. issue with the, the, the sidewalks or the pavements. Lou Finlay will be on to that one. He's been a long-time <laughs> yep. advocate. I was going to say champion. Yep. But, I mean, this, the pavements in Palmy still aren't great. No, they're not. But they have improved a bit. Mm. Um, <clears throat> one of the biggest problems we have with our payments in Palmerston North, it's council. It's a council problem. We planted trees that grew the wrong way. <laughs> and How they, does a tree grow the wrong way? Well, they go outwards with the roots, and they go up underneath the footpath and lift the footpath. 
but you can pick the right trees that grow down. Right. Now, wouldn't it make more sense to put a tree that grows down that won't lift up a footpath next to a footpath? Mm-hmm. Well, to me, that's common sense. But in the past, I've made the decision to put trees that uh, grow all over the place. Just go down John F. Kennedy at the concrete, they've done the whole one side, literally. And now it's starting to lift about three months later because the big trees mm-hmm. are starting to push it up. Um, the, all around Palmer's North, we have that problem. Um, the, the problem with having bad pavements is you don't encourage people to engage in active or, or active transport, recreational yeah. transport. Um, Scooters. Yes. One of the, well, this is the thing. I mean, the, the pavements are already awash with yeah. uh, skateboarders, mobility scooters. Posties. Yep. It's, it, it, it's, a, it's a difficult place to be. Luckily, yes, the cars yeah. aren't on there. Yeah. Uh, and now we're getting e-scooters. Yeah. And... You know, it's 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 a fairly active way of transport. I don't think anyone can argue with that. But where it should be and how that's regulated when we've got four scooter companies coming in the next yep. few days. It, I mean, that's one of the regulations that we do we have put on them is fifteen k. There's no speeding. I just uh, was coming here actually, just coming across the intersection here uh, at Victoria Street, and. Um, a scooter went zooming past on the inside of me, and I thought, mm-hmm. what on earth was that? At a great rabbit rate or not. So they can fear move those things. Oh, yeah. No, no. But these ones are, were limiting speed. Um, they went to the RMA. They got permission, so we can't stop them. But we can certainly govern what they can and can't do. Yeah. Are they going to be on the pavements? Well, this, they're supposed to be on the roads, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. But they're I mean, a motorized, motorized vehicle. Mm-hmm. But then the argument is uh, uh, motorized wheelchairs. So it's a. And with the greatest respect to yeah. the people that use motorized wheelchairs and mobility scooters in yeah. particular, they can be a menace as well. Oh, yes. Yeah, like the postie can be as well. Mm. Yeah. And um, people walking their dogs. There's a lot of things. Our footpaths are, are pretty good, they could be wider. Um, but the scooters are going to, I don't know. It's one of these things. Are they going to get used that much in Palmy? They get used a lot in, in, where, in other places. Do they? Wellington, yeah. Auckland. Don't know. I don't know if I'll be using them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be a good photo opportunity. Would it? Yeah. Oh, I might give you a ring if I do it. <laughs> um, I mean, it leads to a wider question. I mean, we've got the cycle lane trial on uh, Pioneer at the yep. moment as well. Looking at different ways... To take a thoroughfare, let's call it, and carve out space for everyone. Yeah. I'll say this very clearly. Yeah. Um, cycleways are okay. There's no problem with cycleways. But do it with the community. Communicate with the community what you're doing. For example, uh, the Main Street um, cycleway was put in. Overnight, no one knew it was going in. Mm-hmm. These planter boxes were put in there. They blocked driveways to businesses. There was no a discussion with anyone. There was no communication. There was no nothing. And there was an uproar for it. People went there and kicked them over and stole them and everything else. Crashed and into them. <laughs> but if we had gone out there and talked to the community and said, this is what we're going to try, and they could say, well, make sure you don't block my driveway, et cetera, et cetera, how much easier that would have been. In fairness, though, if council did that, as a, a truly accountable model, you'd be doing that constantly for all of the projects, and sometimes it's warranted and sometimes it isn't. You didn't consult yeah. on the parking either. 
Well, we did it the second time around, didn't we? Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> and we, 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 we changed it. We listened. And when we consulted, we listened to what the people said and we went with the people. We didn't go with uh, what the council thought was right. We, we went the people said, the people, people but spoke. But the people have said they don't like Pioneer, but that hasn't changed. Oh, I know. It so there, there isn't there seems to be a bit a, of a we, consistency yeah. issue with with the approach yeah. to, to to this. Do you think that's why people just don't engage with local government? Oh, people just don't know local government exists half the time. Mm. Till they get a, a parking ticket or something like that. Uh, until the, the sewage goes up in the street or something, that was a mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> look at the, the voting turnout we get; it's really terrible. You know, it would be fantastic if everybody voted for a council. We would have a. I'm quite sure we'd have a different looking council what we mm-hmm. have got now. Mm-hmm. You know, and I get people ringing me up all the time, and they're talking about um, little things mainly. You know, like potholes or yeah. how potholes been there for months or how a roundabout doesn't work or, or a sign that's come down. And, but they want to talk, and they're, they're amazed when they start talking that that most of us councillors, I'm not saying all, but most of us will. St- sit on the phone and talk to some of these people for 20 minutes, half an hour, mm-hmm. and usually we can fix the problem. But it just takes a minute. So I'm just saying anyone that wants, if they've got a problem with the council, ring a councillor. Yeah, That's what we're paid for. That's what we're there for. We're there as servants of the community. We're not there to, to grand, be grandiose, great, great people or anything like that. We're there as a base to serve. There's only so much you can do, though, because most of it is done by council officers under yep. under the management yep. of uh, Heather Shotter. You yep. know, that there's o- there is only so much that can be done, and people just have to look around at the the pit temporary cycleway, at the parking debacle, yep. at the big yep. uh, big cost ticket for the the water reform, and go. Mm. Yeah, boy, you want to know how many hours that we have sat and. Workshops on that water reform, for example, and on the wastewater, it's just phenomenal. I remember I used to uh, speak to Jimmy Ellingham when he was at the Manawatu Standard mm. um, when he and Janine were reporting on council things. And council has this habit at the moment of having all of its discussions in workshops. Yeah. And when it comes to the public meeting, you guys all know what everyone's opinion is. We don't, and you just make decisions without any discussion. Is there? A, did, did, well, we did have a look at having workshops public. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was two or three of us actually tried to do that, but we were crushed with a great. So that was not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But the, we did this term actually look at making workshops public. Mm-hmm. It, but, but I don't know how people will come and be bored off the tree, to be honest. Yes, but you, again, yeah. coming back to that accountability model, you yeah. can't say people didn't know or have the opportunity no. to know, whereas some of the things you've outlined today, yeah. people haven't had the opportunity yeah. to know. Well, I'm, I believe in open government. Yeah. That's, that's, that's me. I'm old-fashioned. You know. Well, let, let's talk briefly about something where the public opinion did actually make a difference, and that was around parking. Yep. Um, may or may not have said, had, had something to do with Jerry Keating, manager of the Globe, sort of spearheading it, because when Jerry gets a B in his bonnet, there's nothing you can yeah. do about it. Um, but, yes, the, the, the outcome, the, base, the problem was it, it wasn't to do with the money. 
No, yeah. it was for council, uh, some councillors, but from us, from our, yeah. from a ratepayer point of view, the the problem wasn't the increase in cost. That made perfect sense. Yep. The issue was the restricting or, or, or charging for yeah. Well, Sunday and the late night parking yep. as well. And I thought some very um, the issue I have is that some very uh, justifiable arguments were put up, particularly around employ- employee safety late at night okay. and parking close yeah, to yeah. work. And it surprised me that didn't come up in the original documents. Well, it, it did when it came to us. Now, the argument is this. Why do the shops, why are the shops open? Or well, the restaurants? Because it's, it's cafe, right? Mm. That's for restaurants. The restaurants are open so that their customers can come and buy food from them. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can't find a park in Palmerston North, you go somewhere else. Now, if you have all your employees from all the restaurants parking their cars in Broadway, mm. where are the customers going to park? Well, I don't think the suggestion was that everyone was taking up the prime real estate, but you're looking at yeah. King Street, Queen Street, areas close yes. to... Yes, all of them, yeah. The CBD, if you like, mm. yeah. Because you, you know yourself that it, um, if you go along Broadway, most people go to King Street to find a park or yeah. go into the Yukon parking area. Yeah. But, you know, at night, they get filled at night too. So and actually, if we have a look at Broadway, it, it, it has uh, transformed totally than what it was 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. It is now, uh, uh, it's an eatery. Yeah. It's an eatery street. And, uh, We've got some very good restaurants down there. Oh, yes, we do. Yeah. Um, uh, Brent Barrett, uh, Councillor Brent Barrett, yep. was uh, an, and still is quite the, the staunch advocate for saying people seem to think parking is free. It isn't, uh, and we do need to recoup cost. Is that, do, do you share that, that, that statement? No, I don't. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Brent and I voted in a different side on the, on the parking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you 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 changed your mind, or uh, well, initially I, I voted for it because mm-hmm. I I took the argument about people, especially at night time, about how people couldn't get parks at night mm-hmm. because I've been taken, gone out with my wife and gone up and down and around and around looking for a park, so I knew it was a problem. So I was quite willing to listen to that, mm-hmm. but the problem that really got to me the lack of consultation. And when we did consult, the people said the other. I said, well, okay, we've heard what the people say. We'll do what the people say. Because, mm-hmm. as I say, we're there to serve. So you are, do you consider yourself moving forward with all these examples we've given that um, if there is no evidence of public consultation, would you refrain from making a decision until that was present? Uh, no, because some things, uh, cons- public consultation is not necessary. Some of it is uh, like... Uh, Giving out contracts, et cetera, et cetera, mm. you know. But, like, I mean, with the parking, did you not think public consultation would – because you must have known people were going to have well, opinions about that. Yeah, because we, we actually moved here in the beginning because so many people were complaining. And that's what – the complaints from the people is what fired it off. So we took the complaints that all these complaints that we're having and, yeah. We are here with Councillor Lou Finlay from Palmerston North City Council here on The Catch-Up. If you want to listen to this or previous editions of The Catch-Up series, head to the website npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch-up. Also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your online listening. Um, housing. You mentioned Papayoli, yes. a place yep. earlier on, uh, and the very impressive place that it has become. Oh, it, it's, it's a diamond. It's 
when you see what we had and what we've got now, it's it's night and chalk, day, night and day, chalk and cheese. It's just, and it just showed you how it actually showed how bad those units were, mm-hmm. and it just really highlighted. And you know, I know the people that were living in in some of those units, and they've moved them to the new ones, and they just don't believe it. Mm-hmm. You know, the the more warmth, there's no drafts. Yeah, it's yeah. The, no, no community centre. <laughs> well, oh, yes, it's coming. I know it's coming. But we well, won that battle. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> it, but it had to be a battle, which... Oh, it was. I, I, I saw the argument pr- pretty much before mm. it happened yep. because the old units were bigger. People could have yep. family around, even though the houses were falling apart. In some cases, they were bigger. Yeah, uh, and just, they're a lot yeah. more jam-packed now. Yeah. So having a, a communal space, I thought, was a no-brainer. But that was quite a tough battle, that. Oh, the old the old Papio place used to have two units together that was there for things, and, and we battled it and we battled it really hard and we only just won it actually. But the thing is, you've got all these people around. Where do they have a eightieth birthday party? Mm-hmm. Where do they have uh, their, friend, their family around for a meal? There was no facility for anything. To allow them, other than just to be cramped up in the units. Yeah. So to, to even think of having putting more units in there and making the problem worse, than rather having a community centre which can be used as a community. Now, for example, the other community centres that we have, such as um, oh, the one in Russell Street, there, mm-hmm. you know. Um, they have weekly meetings in those community centres. I've been and spoken in them, you know, and, and the people will get together. And it's somewhere they can go and talk and and get to know their neighbours. So you, th- there's no way was I going to sit back after all those years of fighting to say no community centre. Now, um, Summer Hayes, the old bowling club yeah, area, yeah. the council voted for that to be for housing. Yeah. For, now, for social housing, is it going to be not similar at stage. to is it's it housing? Be, so, right, so it's not going to be Papayoya Place uh, or an not extension at this stage, of that. No, it's okay. not. There's um, actually no decision on what sort of housing it's going to be. Right, it's just going to be housing. But there are two or three advocates on council that are very for social housing. Because, I mean, is the council looking for another section to, to do more like Papayoya Place? No. No? The council's not, but some of the councillors are. Right. If you see what I mean. Yes. That would be ideal for a second Papayoya type place. Mm-hmm. But um, whether the council would say, oh, we'd lose too much money. Well, this is the thing that I wanted to know because, I mean, the, 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 the rents are – um, 25%. Yeah. So break down the maths very simply for us. Is social housing a net loss for the council? And, and is it a substantial one or is it copable? Okay. Well, you know that I used to run the Shepherd's Rest Trust. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, on, on paper, it can be made to look like it's going to lose money. And that, well, you can make figures say what you want. Of really. course you can. <clears throat> so officially, places like Papier Place, lose money. Mm-hmm. I personally cannot see how that's possible. I know how much comes out of it and how much goes back in. Mm-hmm. But remember, because the council owns it, uh, a percentage of everything has to be charged to Papier Place. Mm-hmm. Like part of the uh, CEO's salary would have to come out of that money. Mm-hmm. 
part of the staff's money would have to come out. It goes across the board. So. And it's a depreciating asset yes. as well. Yeah, so you lose money. And so no one wants to do it because they lose money. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe money, that you're losing money because you've got rent coming in. And most of all, you've got people that are warm, dry, and housed. Mm-hmm. And if you have a look at the situation in Palmerston North at the moment, with some of the ha- situations with people that are uh, not so much living rough, but living in the motels, living with some of the community groups that have started and taken over motels, you get families crammed into a one-bedroom motel and they have to make a lifestyle there. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, it's only five or six months. Some of them have been there over a year, yep. two years coming on. And, uh, I mean, the, the, the Papioya place is, is one example. You've got the collaboration with, uh, well, say collaboration, Homes for People have Homes taken people 20 sections. Yeah. Uh, Tamakuku uh, Terrace, Summer Hayes we've talked yeah. about. There's, there's a lot going on in the, in the housing yep. space in, in Palmerston yep, North. Yep, there is. is. Is it making a difference? Not yet. Not yet. Very slightly it is. Uh, because it, the housing it, crisis, every every response yeah. I've heard from the government, from local government yeah. around uh, responding to the housing crisis, even cumulatively, all together, yeah. isn't even touching the site. No, it's not. Look at homes for people. Once they get one unit free, then the next one's filled. The next, it's filled the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, this waiting list. There's I think two hundred people waiting for social housing on the city council waiting list. That just gives you an idea how many people are out there. And they're all in motels at the moment or c- oh, couch surfing them are motels, cars. They could be sleeping on someone's couch. They could be in there, I don't know, in a flat. Mm-hmm. You know, social housing is – we just don't have enough of it. Mm. You know, one of the examples for – one of the hardest things that I come across in housing is an older person who's lived in a three- or four-bedroom house all their lives, owned by the housing court. Mm-hmm. You know, and they brought their children up there and they're told they have to move. Yeah. That is so sad. When you go in there with a van and trailer, moving an old lady out into a unit, she doesn't know where to put all the furniture and all her memories. And, and I mean, it's I'm, so hard. It, it's, it's hard. You can see why that's happening. Because oh, yeah. Bigger, but it, it's yeah, very yeah. hard. But, I mean, it's just a... It's it, it comes down to supply and demand. It's definitely. But, you know, if you've spent oh, 50 years in a house, literally. Yep. But if we had enough supply, she wouldn't have to move. That's right. That's right. Yes. Uh, That's the point. Very, very quickly, Lou, because we're almost out of time. Is it uh, important and worth ratepayer money to colour code our rubbish? No comment. <laughs> well, well, we've got the, 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 the red trucks for rubbish, the orange trucks for recycling, blue for glass yeah. now. I mean, does that really make a difference? No, I don't think so. There, there we go then, the, the, the final words of Lou Finlay uh, on the catch-up this morning. Lou, thank you for joining us. Okay, thank you. And remember, if you want to listen to this or previous editions of the catch-up series, just head to the website npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch-up. We are back tomorrow with another edition at half past eight. Join us then. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations 
and go find your new favourite show. 